Hello. Welcome to the Daily Cron for Friday, May 3rd, 2019. I'm Stephen Tolton. Today, I'm going to talk a little bit about a nerdy subject, a very software developer-centric subject. So if you're not a software developer, you may not care about this. If you are a software developer, you still may not care about this because one of the things about software developers is we have very particular tastes, interests, and tools and different disciplines and focuses and not everything applies to everybody. But, you know, there you go. So without warning, just to let you know, I'm going to get a little bit nerdy here, but I'll try to keep it high level. So <clears throat> I was uh, yesterday, at late in the day, I saw that there was this, uh, I don't know what you call it, a blog post? Yes, it is. It's called a blog post. <laughs> they have it right there. Blog post. So a blog post from the Visual Studio Code team about this new feature that's experimental kind of right now, but looks pretty cool, and I was playing with this morning. It's called Remote Desktop with VS Code. So what's VS Code? Visual Studio Code is a product that Microsoft puts out. Uh, I think they acquired it originally from somewhere else, but they've been doing a lot of work on it for over the years. It's like a cross-platform code editor. They call it Visual Studio Code, but it has really nothing to do with the original Visual Studio, which you know runs on Windows. And, and they have another product called Visual Studio, which runs on the Mac, which is also not anything like Visual Studio on the Windows or Visual Studio Code. So it's very confusing. But anyway, this particular project, product called VS Code, we'll say, is a is a simpler kind of product. It's a an editor product, but it's really quite nice. It's very popular. I see a lot of people using it. I've used it a little bit, but haven't really dived deep into it. Uh, my primary development is in like Xcode and then some old Visual Studio version in a Windows VM and then whatever else. And sometimes that could be VS Code. So uh, I'm trying to standardize some development environments. And at the day job, we're looking to doing some work with Docker containers. And we've been experimenting with that. And this new remote development product may actually help us with our development workflow uh, in a couple of different ways. And I want to talk about that. So it is basically a set of three new extensions for Visual Studio Code. They enable you to, as they say, do quote-unquote seamless development in containers remotely on physical virtual machines and with the Windows subsystem for Linux. So uh, what does that all mean? That means you can open up Visual Studio Code and then start messing with you know your program that's actually running on a container that could be anywhere, and it just works. You don't have to like SSH into a terminal, log into that container, and bring up a whole new dev environment. You don't have to have like a whole separate development stack set up on your Mac, you know, like a whole Ruby stack or whatever you're working on, or Node.js stack or whatever, and then copy the code into a VM or into a container to to test. You don't have to do that. It just means you can have a development, a container. Everybody on your team can have the same one. Then they could just have it on their machines, for instance, uh, for maximum performance. They could just do their thing, and you can actually give people updates to the containers if you have to over time. It just makes it very easy. You don't have to spend time fiddling around, uh, setting up your actual individual laptops or desktops. Uh, it, it makes things way simpler. It also allows you to do remote debugging, so you have something that's actually running out there. You can just have Visual Studio Code connect to it, and you can use all of the same tools and extensions and features that you're used to in Visual, in Visual Studio Code. And this is especially useful if VS Code is your primary editor. Now, for me, it's not, but it might become my primary editor for 
for some things in the future, for things outside of uh, Xcode. Maybe. I mean, I'm going to give it a shot for this. So I actually installed all the all the stuff you need to install to get this to work on the Insider's Edition this morning, and I was playing around with it, and it sort of worked for me, and it sort of didn't. Uh, I was able to set up a container, like it automatically set up a dev container for me. I was able to clone this .NET Core test project. I was able to run it, see the results for it, but when I tried to use a debugger or made changes to the source code and then and tried to see them, it, it didn't work. And I don't know what I was doing wrong or what's weird about my setup. There's no errors or anything. It just didn't seem to work. So I don't know. My colleague running it on Linux worked perfectly fine. I was able to do everything that I just described, and it worked great. So I like this. So there's a couple of reasons why I think this is useful and why I uh, I think it, it could be a potential significant uh, – it could be a, a significant change in our development processes. So for one, my, as my colleague pointed out when we were discussing this, it could be really useful for uh, co-ops especially. So uh, co-ops, if you ever had to deal with them in, a, in an organization like a software development team, they are it's got a special case employee. They're not full time, or, or I mean, they're full time, but they're only going to be there temporarily. They don't, they can't necessarily have the same level of rights uh, as as a full time person does. They they need to be supervised. But the main issue is they're, they're coming in like every six months, and you need to set up and tear down development environments for them. Now, if you can just package it all up into a container and then say give someone a laptop to use. Or if they are bringing their own laptop, you can give them a container that has all the tools they need for things, and then they could they just use it on their machine. And as long as they're familiar with Visual Studio Code in this case, they can just do their development like they're used to doing. And then when they're done, they can delete the container, and that's it. So it could make managing development environments much simpler. Instead of having to individually touch each machine that uh, you may have like two, three co-ops or more, and instead of having to configure each one or have to, you know, and obviously there's other ways of configuring um, devices, but traditionally, at least in, in my area, you know, your development machine usually requires a lot of fiddling to get things set up, to get development environments set up. There's no, it's it's not it's not so easy to have that be a, uh, a consistently applied like thing across everybody's machine. There's different ways of doing that, but uh, it's harder. And containers have been around for a while and people have used them as development environments. But the big difference here is that I don't have to like log into the container itself. I don't have to set up a dev environment in the container and like go into it and, and do stuff. I can just stay in my nice, comfortable Mac environment and things just kind of work seamlessly as if I had set all, all this stuff up on my machine, all the, the whole development stack, like a Node stack or .NET Core or Python or Ruby or whatever. Uh, but instead, I could just have a container for each one of them, I just connect to the one that I need to at any given time. And then later, when I'm running this stuff in like our test, uh, uh, our test environment, I could remotely debug issues, which is uh, which would be huge for me because I've never been able to remotely debug stuff at work. And there's times where I desperately wished I could. So as we move forward with uh, developing stuff that runs in containers, uh, this could be a way to. Uh, potentially make my life a lot easier in a couple of ways as well as help with managing uh getting getting co-ops onboarded quickly you know so i really like it it's a, it's a neat feature i think it has uh, a lot of potential i'm sure that microsoft's not the first you know people to do this or anything but this is the first time i'm using it i've always wanted to do something like this but i hadn't seen a 
um, I hadn't seen like a like a mainstream developer product that I could that that I was you know thinking about using or was already using that did anything like this before. So that's what I like. I think on the Xcode side there is something like remote um, compilation. I think, and that's a, definitely a thing on other systems where you can kind of you know use your editor and then it'll actually compile the code elsewhere. And this is kind of like along the same lines, except a little bit. Uh, instead of just shipping code over to uh, a server to to compile, you're actually just doing everything kind of remotely, but it just feels like you're doing it locally. So it's it's a little different, but along the same veins. Same vein. The idea is like your development machine is, is slower and less resor- has less resources than some big beefy server somewhere. So besides the fact that you can uh, have your de- entire development environment standardized, for instance. The another bigger benefit may be the, the types of applications you're working on. If they're highly processor intensive, for instance, it takes a long time to run a calculation or do a search, or they need access to resources or data that you simply can't put on your individual machine. Now you can set up an entire environment in a container somewhere remotely, connect to it, and work as if you were just working on your laptop, but get the benefit of the performance of the big beefy server and get access all the data and things you need that you couldn't look so it's just a way of simplifying the development workflow and i think it's going to be a big deal as they polish it because there's a lot of types of development work today that would really benefit from this you know there's a lot of machine learning work being done nowadays and that's a big umbrella term but there's a lot of stuff being done there that requires a lot of processor time or simply a lot of data available and this could make it much simpler to set up that kind of environment, especially with a team where, you know, you're, you, even if you could give everybody like a copy or a subset of all the data for something, it may be easier just to centrally manage all that stuff for some development environment. So anyway, it's just, it's just cool. I thought it was neat. I'm going to put a link into the blog, a link to the blog post and the show notes for the developers out there to want to try this out. VS Code is cross-platform, so Mac, Linux, Windows. You can try it out if you haven't before. It's actually a really nice editor, uh, and uh, you know I actually like it. Uh, I'm trying to learn it more. Uh, so give it a shot if you've never used it before. The blog post and the links uh, in there tell you how to set everything up and use it, but it's actually pretty straightforward. And while I didn't get it to work 100% on my Mac, that's probably something weird about my Mac, not the product itself, because, again, my colleague was fine with it. So give it a shot. Uh, and if you're big on, you know, containerized, uh, you know, services and development practices, I'd love to know what you think about this whole this whole deal or what you're doing currently to kind of deal with the the whole issue of having, uh, you know, container based dev environments. Uh, what are the other options? Because I'm just not real familiar with them. This is just happened to be the first kind of. Uh, system that i encountered so anyway i thought it was fun i think it's got a lot of uh, a lot of potential and i'm definitely going to be playing around with it more uh in the future especially as i ramp up my docker container skills and have, have to start interacting with those more often so that's going to be it for today this friday it's kind of a nerdy note that Probably none of you care about, maybe a few, (laughs) but it's pretty neat. 
uh, this weekend. I don't know what I, what I have going on. Not not a whole lot. There's uh, a bunch of stuff potentially tomorrow. I don't know what I'm doing tonight, but uh, I have some work to catch up on, so it's probably going to be kind of a combo, working on things and uh, going out to some kind of music thing. So a normal weekend for me. And of course, I'm looking forward to Game of Thrones on Sunday, episode four. Get to see the aftermath of the uh, long night episode. So that'll be fun too. So for now, have a great weekend, and I will talk to you next week. If you want to get in touch with me, you can find all my contact info at dailycronpodcast.com. See ya.